All right, so we're back here on a special Couch Coach Live. We got a special guest in the building. We got our guy from the River City 93 podcast. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. I just got to say that uh, that intro's kind of dope. It's kind of fly. Pre- I like that. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You, Appreciate can do, it. you can do a smooth 16 on that. You can do a smooth 16. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And, of course, <laughs> we are talking about the Richmond Kickers. So, you know, I can't dress for the occasion. So we're here <laughs> talking about uh, one of the best uh, soccer teams in America, you know, on our mm-hmm. end here in Richmond, Virginia. 804, stand up, like we talked about in, 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 in the chat. Definitely huge <laughs> shout out. Yep, 804. We definitely in the building. Um, so man, yes, the, the Richmond yeah, Kickers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. And um man, definitely um glad we was able to blink up and you know get get this thing going, talk about the Richmond Kickers. So <laughs> so the first <laughs> thing I want to ask you, um, the inspiration behind the podcast and then just the highlights. Of, of your podcast so far? Um, so, yeah. So, the behind the podcast, River City 93, basically came about because me and my co-host, Shanir, um, he's a good friend of mine, um, nobody was covering the kickers at the time. Um, if you look around, right around 2017, 2018, 16, um, not a whole lot was being talked about the kickers in local media. They might get an article here and there in the Richmond Times. They might you know, get like a commercial here on CBS six. But as far as like, you wanted like a deep dive into the team, if you want to know more about the players or behind the scenes stuff, or uh, kind of like a review of what's going on in the game, nothing was really being said. It was kind of like, Oh, the gameplay, this is whatever. It's kind of like how Lane Casadotti kind of just do, do the high school sports. And he does like a yeah. 10 second clip. And he's like, this is the score next game. This is the score. Next game. And that was kind of what it was. But we wanted, you know, as soccer fans, you want to know more. Um, so we decided to start a podcast. Um, so when we started the podcast, I'll never forget it. For those who don't know, Richmond is like a really booming soccer town. Um, and there's a national podcast here in the city of Richmond that's like world now called Total Soccer Show, hosted by one of my good friends, Taylor Rockwell, and um post humans daryl grove and the day we released our first episode we were like hey hey like you know we're covering the richmond kickers whatever um they announced that they were doing like a weekly uh once a week episode of richmond kickers and me and my co-host Janir both got the alert at the same time because we followed the team and we texted each other we're like shit like how how are we going to compete with these guys and these guys got like a national audience and Stuff like that, but when we talked to them, um, because they were kind of became our mentors, we asked them a lot of questions about audio and things like that. Because you know, like, and we first started podcasting, like, you don't know where to start, you don't know where to get mics from, things like that, what to record on. Um, they were just telling us, like, we're two different styles of podcasts, like, they are more for the casual fan, so for people that are like not from Richmond or people that, um, you know, want to know a little bit more about lower league soccer, you might listen to them. For us, we're more for the hardcore fans because we're doing the behind-the-scenes interviews with the coaches. We're doing the behind-the-scenes interviews with the players. You know, um, take, we're taking pictures actually of the game and using them as our photos for each um, for each podcast, things like that. So it's like a different feel. So that's how we started that. A couple of highlights from the show, man. 
it's hard to say because we're about to hit 100 episodes, but I got to say the, the the one that I'm really proud of is we did this DocuPod series on the 95 U.S. Open Cup team that the Richmond Kickers won. So if you don't know, um, the U.S. Open Cup is like this prestigious cup here in America, and the Richmond Kickers won it in 1995. We're the last team to win it before the inception of MLS. So that's kind of like special to us because once MLS came in, there's only been one other lower league team that's won the cup and that was Rochester Rhinos. Um, and that was in 97, I believe. So we won the cup in 95. And up to that point, if you wanted to find something to the team, like who the important players were, who was this important coach, things like that, it was hard to find. Like you really like, if, if you didn't know who to talk to, you probably didn't know anything about it. Um, so what we did was we combed through the entire history. I got in contact with the coaches, the coach at that time, White, um, daughter and wife. We had them on the show. We interviewed them. Uh, the star player who is now the owner of the club, Rob Ucrop. Um, yeah. Another star player, we interviewed him. And then we actually found the game footage of the game. And for our show, so if you ever listen to our podcast, which you should, you know, check it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we do pre and post game uh, reviews, so we give you a full tactical breakdown of the game. And we do it from a standpoint of, like, we understand like there might be someone new, so we don't go too overhead with what we're talking about, but we kind of give you an understanding of what's going on in the game. And that's what we did with this U.S. Open Cup game. But what made that game so special is that we got to do it with Total Soccer Show. Um, these guys that are nationally owned, you're like, you know, we're this small local podcast that covers this one small local team, and we got to do this with them. And they came up with an idea of like, hey, let's do a split episode. Like, we'll do half on your show, and then we'll do the other half on our show. And we were like, all right, cool. Like, that's what's up. Yeah. And it was amazing. Um, so that's really like the highlight that I love because me, I'm a history major. So I graduated from Virginia State University, and I wanted to use this podcast in a way to not only you know, use my fandom in a different way because we all support our teams in different ways, you know. Some people are really, really loud and cheerful and boisterous. Some people love to write stories about their team, you know, do articles. Um, and for me, it was doing podcasts, but I wanted a corporate history in a way. So being able to do, like, a documentary pod style podcast, I use podcast twice in that, <laughs> um, was unique. And I, I love that, you know, so I got to capture the, the history of this important team. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's a um like you said, a niche, a, definitely a niche um podcast. <laughs> and um yeah, I was you know, I, like we talked about earlier, like finding someone to talk about the Richmond kickers, I was like, yo, this that's that's dope. Like <laughs> Yeah, yo, that's yeah, the thing too. Man. Yeah. It's, it's it's weird when I tell people I'm a Richmond kicker train because they always look at me like, You're a what? <laughs> like <laughs> First, we had to bypass the whole thing. Like, I am a big individual, a big African, African-American African male. So they're like, wait, you like soccer? Like, this isn't normal. And then we get into Davo. You like the Richmond Kickers? Like, there's a lot of people in Richmond that are not even aware that there is a pro soccer team here. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's funny because I tell people all the time because they always ask me, like, what's my story when I got into soccer? And I'm like, I started playing soccer when I was young. And then growing up in Southside Richmond, they realized, like, Oh snap! You almost six foot, two hundred plus. We gonna put you on this offensive line, son. You gonna block somebody for the next six years. So that's that's how that happened. Yeah, 
<laughs> I know, man. Like you say, like pe- like I be telling people, like you know, I got friends stuff, and they'll be like, "What you doing this weekend?" Oh man, you know the kickers playing at home. But I was like, "Who are the kickers?" I'm like what? Like, <laughs> like you don't you don't know that you know you have a professional soccer team in your backyard playing one of the most iconic stadiums in Richmond, Virginia. That is City Stadium, uh, nestled in the heart of Carytown. You don't know that, like. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's weird, yo. It's weird. It's so weird. Yeah, and the funny yeah. thing about it is, like, so growing up, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, we know it's Richmond Knights. West yeah. Philly Carrytown was not a part that we went to. It was like, Correct. no, I, I don't got the money to be there, and it's too many white people. I don't go there. But like, it's funny because, like, so City Stadium was built in 1929. That's the same year that my yeah. grandma was built. My mm-hmm. mom went to John F. Kennedy. It was named Prom Queen in that stadium. And then my brother played um, when you and I was remodeling their field, he played uh, a game in City Stadium. So it's like City Stadium is kind of like built. Like, even if it was from Richmond, we kind of got a story of why we've been to City Stadium or something for some odd reason. But yeah, yep. it's definitely a, a hard bet in the city. Yep. And actually, University of Richmond used to be, used to play games there. So before right, they, exactly. they stayed in, before they uh, had an on campus stadium. So that's where, like you said, um, the previous generation, that's when they played like those major high school football games, especially when it came to the city, like when Miguel Walker, Huguenot, oh all the juggernauts in the city, they used to play there. And like you said, that's, that's a, that's a historic, iconic, uh, you know, it is, man. And it's yeah, weird because, like, I, my dad played on the Armstrong team in, I think it was 78, mm-hmm. the team that went undefeated. He was showing yeah. me, like, the pictures of, like, Armstrong and Melville or Walker, how, like, they would sell out the games. They would sell out more games than University of Richmond. And I'm like, yo, that is wild. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> and now you look at just how, how the city schools are now. And like you say, and I actually, like, my uncle was telling me about, like, would sell out like that because he went to Wilf. And um, so he was telling me, like, you know, because he went to school, um, high school in the late 80s. And he would used to tell me all of those stories too. And I'm like, yo, that's that's crazy when you sit down and you think about like how how this area, how that particular stadium housed so many um epic events. And yeah, it's it's crazy, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's your what's your thoughts on the season? I know this the kickers they've been kind of having a hot and cold season. They start off a little slow. They kind of build a little bit of momentum as the summer came along, and they kind of slowly um, getting into that groove. So, what's your thoughts on this season so far? Um, I don't know what it is, man, about teams in the DMV region. Like they start off hot and cold, and then miraculously, yeah. <laughs> like they get their way into the playoffs and go on this run. Um. Yeah. My thoughts on the season so far is is going as about as what I predicted. Um, what I what I thought how I thought it would go. Yeah. My my original thought was going into this year that we would have a home playoff game. There's still a possibility for that. There's nine games left, which means you know, for those who don't know soccer, a win gives you three points. So there's 27 left points for us to play. Now, within that, we play a lot of tough teams. Uh, we play Ford Madison three times. North Texas, Chattanooga, Union, Omaha. So it's going to be some difficult games in there. And if the saying always goes, if you want to beat the man, you got to beat him. You know, yep. and that's what Richmond has to do. You got to prove that 
we can go into these places and win. Um, we're a better home team. We got four wins, five draws, one loss. The road kind of gets a little tricky for us because we have two draws, two wins, and five losses. Now, within that, a lot of that is down to injuries. Um, so Darren Sawaski, who's our head coach, um, he kind of likes to implore this either 4-2-3-1 or this 4-4-2 diamond. But the thing about that is you need really good fullbacks. Um, and that's what Darren likes because he likes his fullbacks to get up high. They kind of he likes them to be on the wings, kind of be like old school wingers, have their feet on the touchlines to kind of spread the field. Um, but I feel was even hurt. Ian Antley's been out with another uh ACL injury. Uh Devontae DeBulls is coming back. Um, so right now we've been lying on Monty and Cavill that are newer players. Not saying they're bad, but they're just new. So it's kind of like they're still they're kind of over that learning curve now, but you kind of saw the mistakes in the early part of the year, like 1v1 defending, things like that. Um, but the team so far is doing well. I think the major concern for me is this is something that me and my co-host was talking about, that one improvement we want to see over the course of next offseason, if this team wants to take that next step to be not as so much hot and cold, because you're going to lose games, but you know, be more consistent with the wins, is to sign a very solid number eight. Uh, connected piece, box-to-box midfielder, someone that can connect and play from defense attack because this team defensively is solid. Um, seven clean sheets on a year, which leads USL League one. Um, but going forward, they kind of lack it a little bit. And not lack it in a sense of they can't generate chances because they can generate. It's more so about retaining possession and collecting those second balls because it, it's kind of almost like equated to basketball, you know, if you got a team that can go fast break, great, that's fine. You can win some games like that, but sometimes you're going to have to win games on the board. You're going to have to collect those rebounds and recycle possession. And that's something Richmond struggle with because of the fact of we don't have anyone that can really pass the ball through the midfield. And what I mean by yeah. that is Zaka, who is the deep, deepest midfielder, um, he wears number six. He's more of a very defensive midfield. He's kind of like – think like Charles Oakley. Like he's there okay. to pretty much protect the back four. <laughs> And to get a foul, that's his job. He's not there to really pass the ball, be, you know, that. Um, the number 10 role, it can go to kind of go through ten pl- two players. Matt Bodoc, who's kind of like a hardworking number 10, who is more likely going to come back on defense. He's going to play the ball well, but he struggles in finishing. That's not really strong. He's more of the assist guy or the assist to the assist. And Neil, who is more of a creative number 10, he's very fine, but the thing that he he struggles with is mobility. So it's very mm-hmm. easy to mark him out of games and put a man on him and kind of shut him down. And it cuts out the other front three. So what Richmond needs now, and they kind of have this now with the kid, Ethan Bryant, who's alone from San Antonio FC is he is a creative number and not a creative number. Eight. He's a box to box number eight. So he can play the eight, six or 10, but his main role is playing at eight, which he can connect, be the connected piece between Zaka and who was ever playing the 10 in that moment. And then out in attack, you have what we call now the GOAT, uh, Emiliano <laughs> Terzaghi from Argentina. Um, right now, he's tied in the league for uh, most goals scored. He won the GOAT debut last year. He was the league's MVP, um, and rightfully so. Like, 2019 Richmond kickers were bad, like, bad. <laughs> we <laughs> So, like I said earlier, like, we started a podcast in 2019. We did a podcast Every after every, we do a podcast at every single game, and imagine doing a podcast for seven straight games 
where you do not score a goal, you're getting blown out by three, four goals. And imagine how positive you have. To, we had to stay. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. my love for this team is deep and weird. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so he lifted his team up, but we got on the cusp of the playoffs of being in the finals actually because it was a COVID-shortened year, so we only played uh, sixteen games. It was a COVID-shortened year. Uh, we were rightfully number two. We relied heavily on our our attack. So it's kind of weird because last year we brought heavy on attack and this year is more defense. So maybe year three we can kind of get blend of the two. But we didn't mm-hmm. make it to the final because, once again, injuries. Ian Anley went out. Avon Magalas wasn't there. Chizagi could only play 30 minutes. So, like, three important members of our team weren't there. And when he came push us up and we had to, like, go forward, we couldn't really do it because, you know, those key guys weren't there. So the goal is for this year is to get into the playoffs and if, you know, Whatever happens from there, happens from there. You know, you're kind of playing with the look, the roll of the dice at that moment. It'd be great to have a home playoff game. We really, 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 really want a home playoff game. But at the end of, end of the day, it's getting the playoffs and let's make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, definitely want to have a home playoff game and pack that place out. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, it would be special, man. Um, we haven't had a home playoff yeah. game in six no eight years so it's eight been eight years. years almost eight years since city stadiums had a home playoff game it's been six years since we've been in the playoffs and i'll never forget it like um i started really watching the kickers around 2015 so 2016 was the last year we were in the playoffs mm-hmm. and we played against louisville city and we went down to man early on and louisville city at this time for those who don't know louisville city is arguably the best lower league soccer team so you have MLS, and you have USL Championship, and you have USL League One. There's no promotion relegation, but that's a different story for a different day. And that's a, yeah. That could be like a three-hour podcast, so we don't have to go around. <laughs> um, but Louisville City is a two-time champion champion in USL Championship, and at the time, that's what we played mm-hmm. in. We moved on to League One because of financial reasons, just because, you know, Richmond couldn't really have that amount of money to play in the championship. Because the championship, you're signing – Former MLS players, high quality uh, Caribbean players, high quality, uh, not mid to low quality South Americans and Europeans. Think about it that way. Um, and the guy who kicked us out of the playoffs was George Davis the fourth, who the year before played for Richmond, and he celebrated as if he won the World Cup. And that's my last memory of the kickers being in the playoffs. So I'm ready to get back in and make some new memories this year. I know, right? Absolutely, yeah. Because that definitely would leave a definitely a sore taste in your mouth with that. Um, yes. Just like leaving, you know, having that situation. But yeah. So um, Saturday's game against uh, North Carolina FC ended in a tie. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on on uh, last Saturday's game? Um, I have to say, out of the four games we played, is this is probably the best one? And that's weird to say when it's a draw. Um, the two previous games, we have not looked good. We have not played good. Um, the first game we played against Mahomes, it was a draw as well, but North Carolina definitely dominated that game uh, with possession. In this game, North Carolina definitely had more of the ball, but it was more of them passing linear. So they were passing side to side. They were able to pass through Richmond. And Richmond did yeah. play very well for most parts up until maybe the 30, 35th minute. Um, an injury happened to our winger, Stanley Alves. Um, it looked like a non-contact injury, so we're definitely wishing him the best. But 
when he got subbed off, um, Darren made a substitute to bring on Nathan Arnie, who's more of a center back CDM. And what he decided to do was go from the 4-4-2, I mean, 4-2-3-1 that he was playing. It was really penetrating the middle of North Carolina. He decided to go with, I want to say, I want to say more of a flat um, midfield. And that way he was kind of still able to play compressed. But if a kind of situation happened, Bologna's on the left-hand side and Matt, who was playing the number 10 in that moment, he was now switched over to right wing. They could kind of get on the wings, kind of stretch the defense wide and allow Emiliano uh, to have his moments to kind of play in between people. And then Ethan Bryant, who was kind of playing the number eight at that time, he was playing more of the slash number eight, slash number 10. He was more progressive midfielder out of Ani and Zaka. The other thing that Richmond did really well in this game was that they were able to pass uh, more effective. I know that sounds weird in the game with Zaka, but passing the ball in a game can really dictate how you play. You know, the first 10, 15 minutes, if you feel comfortable with the ball, it's kind of like playing NFL. You know, when you get that first catch, you're able to get in your hands securely and put it in your, you know, put it in your chest and hold on to it. You feel secure. You feel good. You know you're going to have a good game. But if you get that first pass, you drop it. And then you get another pass, you drop it. Then you start thinking, like, all right, do I need to put my hands close together? Do I have my thumbs pressed down? You know, do I need to let it come into my chest? Do I need to change my out route? You know, things like that. You start playing in these mind games. And that's one thing Richmond previously let get in their head against North Carolina. Um, you know, the four nothing game that we lost to North Carolina on the road. I went to that game, and you can tell early on this team was getting frustrated by the referees, they were getting frustrated by the lack of calls, they were getting frustrated that you know certain passing moves were happening, and they let it get in their head and they started overthinking. And once you in soccer, once you're focusing on other things, everything else is gonna fall apart. You know, prime example. You know, think about when um, – think about how, like, when LeBron in the finals against the, the Mavs, and he, start, he was so focused on winning the finals and, like, proving everyone wrong that he lost sight mm-hmm. of actually beating the Mavs, and he lost the finals. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like – not saying, like, the kickers are, like, the heat of that time, but it's just that mentality. If you're ever to focus on the things you can control, the kickers are going to have a good game, and that's what we're able to do in this game – they were able to, you know, cut out a lot of dangerous chances from North Carolina. They didn't have, you know, a lot of attempts of goal. But they kind of bunkered down, held on to a clean sheet, kept the positive momentum. And I think we haven't lost a game in our last five, which, you know, you want to see more wins. But saying that you haven't lost a game in your last five is positive momentum and definitely keeps you in the playoff race. Yeah, absolutely. Because what they're now with six. So they, because what for. Six get in, right? Or is yeah, it, so the top six get in. Top six get in, so they'd be that that six C at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so yeah, that's definitely. So um, I know game against uh, forward uh, Madison um, postponed tonight, but they do have a home at home with them on uh, September the eleventh. Um, just your thoughts on the next opponent on uh, forward forward Madison. Um, so Fort Madison is a very interesting team. Uh, for those mm-hmm. who don't know, Fort Madison is pretty much the fashionistas of lower league soccer. Uh, they can do no wrong. They put out these <laughs> wonderful kids. I'm saying all this and being sarcastic. They're our biggest problem. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting game because so much of what Richmond does well, Fort Madison 
does wrong, but so much of what Fort Madison does great, Richmond gets horribly wrong. You know, Fort Madison is a very individualistic team. So look for players like Gerbhard, uh, Jay Keegan, Giro, to really exploit space. Really, what they're trying to do is bring you inside to have you all clustered in and then pull you out. It's almost like an accordion. And with that, they want to have you on 1v1 battles. They want to have Giro going 1v1 against your right back and kind of exploit, use his pace to get him behind you. And he's looking to cut that ball back for Keegan, who's going to be one-on-one against your center back, and for him to beat his man to his marker. They're looking for Gerald to kind of overlap on that left or right wing. Um, he's he's such a unique marvel. He, he's one player that I really like for Ford Madison is he is a left back. And normally your left back is stationary. But what he does in attack is that he'll play left back and he'll move slightly over to the right mid. So he's playing one side of the field and he'll switch over mm-hmm. to the right side. And then the other right back will kind of switch over to left back. And they'll kind of just do this overlapping. Uh, so it just keeps it keeps your attackers like, all right, who am I guarding? Who's where? Who's this? Um, and what Richmond does so well is that they're really solid and they play really compact. So they play these tight, you know, not, I want to say a low, but it's a mid-bop right above the 18, but it's really, really tight. So you're not going to be able to get in between the kickers. You're not going to be able to get them behind them. But once they have the ball and they're able to get a transition, there's really these quick one, two, three movements. Um, so they're looking to kind of pass like in a triangle through you. So it's kind of like an overlapping triangle. So save the balls at Zaka, he'll pass the ball to the left midfield. And the left midfield will pass to the striker. And then the striker will hold the ball up and he'll pass it to number 10. And he'll create another triangle. And so on and so forth until he created opportunity to take it. So the thing is about this game is before the Richmond, there's three games left in the year. So who's ever win this series, you can say has a good lock of being in the playoffs. You know, it's very hard to see, like, whoever loses this series and you still get in the playoffs, definitely with Richmond with the number of games I said left because we're, we have games against the number one seed, the number two seed, uh, the number four seed right now on the table, um, the number five seed. Like, it's going to be tough. Um, so if you can take points off of four matches in the next two games, not points is – you know, the max, as we would love to see, do the season sweep against the Mingos. Um, you know, you like your chances of getting into the playoffs. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting game. Also, because of the fact of it's, 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 a, it's a rivalry. You know, it's almost like Washington and Dallas. Like, you, you know, like, no, yeah. despite <laughs> either team's record, you want to watch this game because you're like, I know something crazy is going to happen. I know that He's either going to be a red card or a crazy goal. In between yeah. that, something is bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, regardless of the situation, there's always going to be some type of drama involved, regardless of the records. You know, like you said, you know, you could be, you know, doing your thing and then your rival knock you down and, you know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely a great analogy. Because, <laughs> oh, you know, we know Washington Dallas can get a little heated. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, it definitely can. Who are actually the, the players um, to watch um, as far as going down the stretch? Um, so a couple of players you want to keep an eye out for is definitely Emiliano Tozaghi. Right now, mm-hmm. he sits on 12 goals, two assists in a year. He's the number nine for this team. He is the creative force. He's the one that can score any and every type of goal. Uh, that's, that is who he is. 
Um, so he's a definitely for the casual fans, like he is the exciting piece of the team. For those that are a little bit more closer to the soccer watchers, you know, the ones that watch the Premier Leagues, watch the Bundesliga, stuff like that, keep an eye out for Zaka and Ethan Bryant, two excellent midfielders. They do two different jobs, but the jobs that what they do is essential to the Richmond Kickers. If Zaka is having a very positive and a very clean day, he's a beast. Like, he's one of the top midfielders out there. Um, Ethan Bryant. He's only played two games for the Kickers since he's been on loan, but he's a very exciting young piece. Um, he played in – when he was at San Antonio FC, he went on loan to a second division Belgian team, uh, played there for a couple of games, came back. And we have him alone here. He's a very, very good player. And then your defensive half, Akira Fitzgerald, he's a goalkeeper here. Um, he's a player coach as well. So he's the he's the veteran player. He's the oldest player on the team. But he leads the league in clean sheets. And he makes these acrobatic saves. And the crazy part is he is 5'9". Usually when you see a goalkeeper, you think 6'2", 6'3", skinny, linky, long arms. No, he is 5'9". He is short. He is stubby. But he will save any and everything off the line. Um, and also Jalen Chrysler, he's an excellent defender, very strong, knows how to use space and be very physical. And Avon Magalas, he's a different type of center back. Uh, he's more cerebral. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more quiet. They play per- they play perfectly well with each other. Uh, we make the joke every time that Avon can probably play strong safety for the Washington football team because oh. when he tackles someone, he is tackling someone. Like he's either taking you out or he is clearing the ball. Is one or the other? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, hey, hey, we get some injuries on the secondary. I'm gonna I'm um, tell you, hey, get your get your boy get your boy on the line. <laughs> take him, take him down, at north, and get him, um, get him in a uniform. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yes, it. So my final, final question: Will the kickers make the playoff? But what we're going to preface this at? Will we have a home playoff game for Ooh. the kickers this season? Uh I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. I think, I think the kickers will. I think I think it'll be squeaking it. I think okay. come the last game of the year, uh, we play FC Tucson on the road. It's a ten o'clock game, so we are literally the last game of the League One regular season. Ooh. By that time, by we kick off, we're gonna have a good indication whether or not it's a home playoff game. We're in the playoffs or we're out, and we're gonna know. And I think by that time, I think we will be in the playoffs. But I think we have to win the game to seal a home playoff spot. If not. You know, it'll be just a regular playoff game. But I, I think, I think you know, City Stadium is going to be open uh, late October. So that would be cool. Yeah, that definitely be a, um, a, a good thing, definitely, uh, with that is concerned. But, yeah, man, definitely uh, appreciate you for coming on tonight to chop it up with us. Uh, definitely, um, you know, definitely going to have you on going forward uh, with talking kickers and just um, what we can. But, yeah, man, so um, social media and upcoming uh, projects. Um. So, yeah, so whew, get ready for this. Uh, you can follow yeah. uh, the podcast, the Richmond Kickers podcast that we have, Rivers at River City 93 on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, on those three. Um. Yeah. We also have a side project that me and Shanair do um, called Can I Kick It FC, which is a black history soccer podcast. So what we do in that podcast is we take 
local, not local legends, but we take legends of the game um, and not give you a history lesson. Like when they were born here and they did this in the eighth grade, not like that, but we tell you their importance to the game of soccer. But we also make it fun. So we make it interactive as well. So we give you like a couple of what ifs, things that makes you think about these guys more than just who they were as a player. Like, for instance, Mario Bellatelli. What if he would have played for Ghana instead of Italy? You know, he would have been part of that 2010 World Cup team. Would that Ghana team have made it to the World Cup final instead of losing on penalties at Uruguay? You know, what happens if he is a Ghanaian international? Does his trajectory to going to the teams he had and, you know, kind of his outlash, is it different? You know, so yeah. those are things that we're working on right now. Um, Can I Kick is kind of a hiatus, so we kind of do this in a yearly thing. So well, can I, with River City 93's inflow, Can I Kick is on hiatus. And when Can I Kick is inflow, River City 93 is kind of on the back one. So it kind of flip-flops. Um, and another show that we I do that I host is Walking 90, which is USL League One um, week bi-weekly wrap-around show. So it's roughly like 45 minutes an hour, but me, my other co-host, Kyle, and Ebony, um, we're all ULE one fans. We're black, so, you know, support black yeah. uh, media. Um, yeah. We give you a bi-weekly wrap-around, what's going around the league, things to look out for, exciting concepts, uh, behind-the-scenes interviews, things of that nature. Cool, cool. Definitely looking forward to uh, checking that out. And yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, I definitely, definitely looking forward to um, going to another kickers game before the um, before the season is out. Like you said, we talked about September 25th is the next home game at this point. So yeah, man, like you said, man, I'm, I definitely, definitely want to be a part of Red Army, man. You know, got you, man. come on, yeah, man. man. You know I'm, I'm with it, bro. You know, me. I'm with it, bro. Trust me, you ain't got to say a word. But I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll, 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 what I'm gonna do if I when I go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you up and be like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm, trust it, me. I can't wait. Yes, sir. I'm definitely, yeah, I'll be a part of Army now. Trust me, I'll be a part of that. <laughs> hey, ain't no thing to me, but yeah, man, definitely once again, appreciate you for coming on. To a special couch coach live, we talked about the Richmond Kickers. Definitely appreciate it, and we we'll definitely so much, have man. you. Yeah, no problem, man. And we'll definitely link up and do some other shows as well, man. And so, uh, once again, appreciate you for coming on. And man, this has been a special couch coach live, man. We'll catch you on the next episode.